You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In life, all of us have been given opportunities from God to make decisions. And we all make decisions. We have this year. Uh, We make decisions that are good decisions and right decisions and righteous decision. And we make God-honoring decisions and Bible-based decisions. You're watching tonight around the globe. You have made decisions like we have. And I could look back on this year. I've made personally so many good decisions. So many right decisions. And I think all of us would have to say we can look and we've made some wrong decisions. I wish I could have that decision back. And consequently, it was a wrong decision. We live with the consequence. We, we've made perhaps unrighteous decisions. We've made foolish decisions. We've made immature decisions. We've made self-serving decisions. We've made anti-Bible decisions. The Bible says twice in the book of Proverbs, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You and I are embarking upon 2022, and my life is absorbed right now with laying things out in my own personal life, in our marriage, in our home, in this church. We've been spending months with pastors on it here in our church, getting ready for 2022. And we're excited about the theme God's given to us and where we're going and the direction we're going. But I don't want to, I don't want to miss this opportunity. I don't want to look back a year from now if the Lord tarries and I live and say, my life was filled in 22, 20, 2022 with foolish immature, childish, self-serving decisions. So we approach 22, make good decisions. Make Bible decisions. Always choose God's way. There's a man here who is a Levite. We're going to find out that this man as a Levite made some wrong decisions. There was a man who was a priest and he made some wrong decisions. There was a man who was a son, and he made foolish decisions. There was a lady who was a mother, and she made just foolish decisions. And consequently, as Pastor Bertram said, when you get through 17 and 18, it's a lot of destruction, a lot of hurt people because the decisions that people made in this chapter. I'm amazed as we look at these decisions in the book of Judges, it's like so many people. We make poor decisions and then blame others for the decisions when we don't like the consequences. We blame our parents. I am so tired of hearing parents getting blamed for their spoiled children's decisions. Bratty little adult children that you make foolish decisions and you make godless decisions and then you blame your dad or you blame your mom because after all, they were so terrible, they brought you up in a Christian church. They gave you a Christian youth group that had camps 
and youth conferences and youth activities and Christmas parties and adventures and field trips and a Christian school and everything imaginable and soccer teams and basketball teams and baseball teams and cheerleading squads and volleyball and education. What terrible parents you have. And so you decide to do all these dumb, foolish, immature, wicked things and then you blame your parents. Or you blame the church. Like the church made you do that sin. Or you blame the Christian school. That's a good one too. And here's a great one. You blame the pastor. That's wonderful. Like I told you you had to do this. I told you to go get drunk and drive that car and hit those people. I told you that. That's what we do around here. Why don't we come to the point where we take ownership of our decisions? I'm starting with the pulpit here. I'm talking to the man that's behind this desk right now. I must be responsible for my decisions. And you must be responsible for your decisions. We begin, and tonight if you're looking for three points in a poem, you're not going to find it. There was a man of Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. This is the bad Micah. There's a good Micah in the Old Testament who wrote a book. But this Micah, his name is already mentioned in the prayer, is Yah. J-A-W in Hebrew is Yah, is where we get Yahweh. And Yahweh is Jehovah, or God is, God is whatever you need him to be. He's Jehovah. You need comfort, that's Jehovah. You need help, that's Jehovah. You need strength, that's Jehovah. Uh, you, need, you need courage, that's Jehovah. You need wisdom, that's Jehovah. He is what you need him to be. And this boy, had a, this young man, had a great name. But he's going to blow it. Just because you have a good name, like beloved of God, or grace of God, or I think of that word we have uh, preached to the elementary kids recently and Sophia we have in our school and Sophia is a beautiful name. It's a Greek word that means just wisdom. And so if you're a Sophia tonight, you're the wisdom girl. And here's a man, Micah, and he said unto his mother, you see, there was a robbery that took place and she is looking for that money. It was a great amount of money. In fact, the amount of money that was stolen could last a person in this era approximately 90 years. So it was a great amount of money. And his mother said the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee, he's saying to his mama, <laughs> about which thou cursest. You know, it's amazing what money will make you do. Mama, she's cussing. She's cursing. She is upset. Mama! Mama. Stop. Stop playing games with your parents. Just tell the truth. Mama, I love you so much. To God be the glory. Gag. You, you, you speak and you're cursing and speak us in mine ears. Behold, Mama, Mama, the silver is with me. I took it. Now, mom who's cussing, mom who's mad, and mom who's livid with all this amount of money, 
He goes to mama and said, Mama, I took your money. And the mother said, Blessed, blessed be thou the Lord, my son. No, I know he's not a little boy, but, but somewhere along the line, she missed tanning his backside. And she blesses her son for stealing. And, and, and the story goes on. And when he restored the 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image. You didn't dedicate that to God. This is a direct violation of the word of God. God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You're not supposed to make any graven image and bow down yourself. Exodus 20 makes that very clear. And she said, you know, I'm so sick and tired of hearing people that have dedicated this to God and this to God. And, and, and they talk about all the religious good things they're doing. And they're living like the devil. She said, I, I dedicate this for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. Therefore, I will restore it to thee. Son, you get your money back. Oh, mama. And he restored the money unto his mother. And his mother took the 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the founder and made a graven image and the molten image. And they were in the house of Micah. Micah, you have your own God now. Brother Rush, sometime you need to preach this to youth. And we have the very best youth in America. And we have the very best youth in America. I tell you what, I, I thank God for them. They're way ahead of me, what I was in, in their spiritual life right now. These young boys that are throughout here, these young girls, I tell you what, I admire them so very much. They're great kids. They're great to be around. Wednesday uh, chapel, could hardly wait to be around them. They're so amazing. But you know, so often what we find that mothers and dads buy things and make things and images and gods and they bring them to the house and mothers and dads, you're not thinking it's going to destroy them. When an hour or two or three or four or five is spent every day blowing things up, it's going to destroy them. You're not cultivating character. Oh, I'm not talking about, I, I, we, my wife buys these games for when the grandsons and grandgirls come, they can play them, and you know, they're racing cars and all. I'd love to do that, but I crash the car every time. The game is against me. But we're not bringing all these blow up, you kill everybody, you slaughter everybody. Oh, no, uh, you jump from this thing to this. It's fun. I won't get off on that. But mother and dad, what are you bringing Brother Russ, you're working with youth. I don't think it's wise, and you don't either, for kids to have the internet phone. Mom and Dad, I don't know what these phones, how they all work and all that stuff, and I'm glad that you have these, what do you call it, a flip phone or something that you can, I, I, I don't know what it's called, you can call mother and say, Mom, I'm 20 minutes out, I'll be there for dinner. That's a good thing, fellas, you want your dinner ready and piping hot. I don't know what kind of, and, and they can keep track of it. I think that's all wonderful. But please don't give your kids cell phones. 
Would you sit on my side of the desk sometime? I cannot tell you where cell phones connected to the internet and, and computers connected all these different devices, whatever you call them. I don't, I, don't, I don't see where it's helping our kids grow in grace and knowledge of, of Christ Jesus. We were eating lunch today and Addison, she's seven. And Addison said something like this to us, just broke my heart. What kind of parents, did, the Fineras, what kind of parents would raise their kids? She goes, I am a Fanera. I am not a Treaver. <laughs> She's out of the will, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> of course, there's nothing in the will. I don't know where that came from. Reagan stayed in the will. Reagan said, I'm in. I'm a Treaver. Yes, she is. Where, where, do they, where do they get this stuff? But what would you say tonight if I would take the keys to my car and say, Addison, Papa, Nana, love you so much. Every time I see Addison, since she's been a little girl, now she's a, almost a seven-year-old, she is a seven-year-old, almost married, and uh, it's an amazing thing. But I, I'll say to her, I'll bend down, she'll kiss me, I said, oh, I love that, and she'll kiss me, kissing stuff, she'll say every time. Oh, I love that. What if I gave Addison the car keys? Say, the car, did you drive tonight, hon? So, you, so her car must be here somewhere. So. Take, get Nana's car and drive it back here by the clock tower. She's seven. She's not ready to drive a car. And most women, <laughs> you don't even know what I'm thinking right now. I, bet I, I imagine I could have a thousand lawsuits against me all the time. Most women, I was going to say, are better drivers than men. Who said, come on now? Who said that? Teresa, did you say that? No. I think lying did, but I'm not going to give her the keys to the car. I'm not going to give them to you either, Robert. I'll tell you that right now. But I love you, brother. And then my, they're in the house. Watch what you bring into your house. And the man, Micah, had a house of gods. He had a house of gods. No wonder why mama wants to make him another god. Though he had a good name, his house was filled with these things that distracted him from the living God. And they made an ephod and a teraphim. And he consecrated. Here's what he did. He had no right to do this. He consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. He had no scriptural authority to do that. He can't just appoint his own son as the priest. That's a God calling, and it comes from the, the right family in the Old Testament, and he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to do this. In those days... The Bible says there is no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There was a young man out of Bethlehem, Judea. The story gets good. Of the family of Judah, he was a Levite. So we have Micah appoints his son to be the priest. Has no authority to do that. Now there's a Levite. A Levite and a priest are not the same. And he hears of this man. And Micah, verse number 9, said unto him, because he journeyed to the house of Micah. 
He said unto him, I am a Levite of Bethlehem, Judea. I go to sojourn there to find a place. I'm a Levite. I'm looking for a place to serve. I'm looking. I'm on my look. You know, you young men that are watching, our college students are now gone. Most are home for Thanksgiving, Christmas break. And our young boys are growing up here. I've never never sent out a resume. I've never looked for opportunities. Opportunities come, and they always come when you're doing something. I mentioned a few moments ago, I have so many churches in my file of people needing, uh, churches needing pastor. I'll guarantee it, my my emails will be flying in this week. Brother Treeper, where are they? I'm looking for a church. Don't even bother asking. I'm not giving it to you. I'm looking for some men that are doing something right now. They go to Saturday night men's prayer meeting at their church. They go soul winning. They knock on doors. They visit the, the, the lost. They, they help people in the pathway of life. They work around the house of God. They're reading their Bible. They're praying. They're doing something now. So, well, I'm not doing any of that, but I'm just praying for an open opportunity. No, 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 no. If you're not doing something for God now, don't ask God for a church getting a little quiet in here, but I'm having a good time myself. He said, I'm a Levite. And Micah said to him, this is great. Dwell with me and be unto me a father and a priest. Stop right there. A Levite came from the tribe of Levi and were never priests. The priest came from another line, Aaron's line, and the, and the priest was the one that represented man before God. The Levite was the worker. They carried the boards. They, they built the, the tabernacle. They uh, ministered to the priest. If you're a, a Levite, you don't one day move up to be the priest. You have to come from the line. He had his job. He had his duty. He had his responsibility. God had already assigned it. And here's a man who's got these gods that says, look, I, I know you're a Levite. I'm going to make you a priest. And Micah said, and dwell with me, and I will be a father, and, and, and be, be unto me a father and a priest. Here it is. Follow the money. I will give thee 10 shekels of silver. By the way, I also give you every year, and I'll give you a suit of apparel. So the Levi went in. What is it going to take for me or to you to sell out? What will it take? What position does it need? And how much money and how many clothes? And what are the benefits to just sell out? The Bible says, Micah, and the Levite was content to dwell with the man and the young man, and he said unto one of the sons, Micah consecrated the Levi. You can't consecrate a Levite because that's not your responsibility, Micah. And secondly, you're a heathen. You are representing images and gods and statues, and you've made these images, and and now you're consecrating a Levite. That's blasphemy. And the young man became became his priest. He was in the house. Of Micah. That's a violation. It's a wrong decision. And Micah, now know that the Lord will do me good. I have a Levite to be my priest. I, I've hired my own. Listen, you churches are looking for pastors. 
You're going to hire a man to do your bidding. You are way out of bounds. I talk to deacons all the time, every week. Had one good deacon this week ask me, they're looking for a pastor, said, tell me what is the office of a deacon? I said, deacons have zero authority. Zero, and I've got 36 deacons and more, hopefully, by God's grace, in January we're at. Great men of God. I, we don't battle over authority. The, I, I, we don't go to deacons meeting and they assign me my duty for the month. We go to deacons meeting and we find out where were you this month? Where, did you visit people? Were you in the homes? Did you help people? Did you go so many? And they account publicly on a printed page to one another and I see it. Did you get in the homes of those that are new members and deliver packages? Did you get at least to the door during this COVID and talk to them? Have we followed up? What are we doing? Uh, we have good deacons around here and they drive buses and, and they work bus routes and they teach Sunday school classes and they're soul winners. Their job is not to tell me what to do. The Bible says, choose you out among you seven men of honest report full of the Holy Spirit that we, the pastor, may appoint over this business. What was the problem? The Grecian women, were widows, were complaining against the Hebrew women because they were neglected the daily administration. And these men are going to serve in this capacity. Acts 6.4, we, the pastor, will give ourselves continually to the Word of God in prayer. I couldn't make it without these deacons. I just couldn't make it. What they do for this membership, what they do for this church, don't ever come and criticize deacons to me. Because you'll never know until after my departure how blessed we have been with the deacons and the deacons' wives of this church. Our deacons' wives are not gossips and complainers and gripers and hit and missers. They're in the house of God. We're blessed. Amen. I'll do my own amen. So we get to chapter 18. And in chapter number 18, verse 2, the children of Dan, they sent five men. They went to search the land out. And when they were in the house of Micah, they knew the voice of the young man, the Levite. They said, what hast thou here? In verse 4, he says, well, Micah hired me. I'm his priest. I couldn't believe his ears, their ears. And, and then the men of Dan went back and they told him what was going on and they gathered 600 men, verse 11. In verse 13, they surround the house and they came unto the house of Micah. Do you know that there is in these house an ephod and a teraphim and a graven image and a molten image? And, and now... Therefore, consider what you have to do. And they turned hitherward and came to the house of the young man, Levi, and they saluted him, the 600 men with the weapons of war. And the five men that went in to spy the land went up, and they came hither, verse 17, and they took the graven image and the ephod and the teraphim and the molten image, and the priest stood in the entry of the gate with 600 men of, uh, appointed with weapons of war. And these went into Micah's house and fetched his carved image and the ephod and the teraphim and the molten image. What do ye? He said, what are you doing, guys? And they said, "Verse, hold your peace, verse 19. Shut your mouth, go with us. 
be choice a father and a priest. It's better for thee to be a priest under the house of one man or be a priest under the tribe of the family of Israel. The Danites said, you go with us. We have a whole tribe. You're just, you're working for one man here. You know, when you begin to make decisions based on the fact of prosperity and importance and how this is going to be good for you, you have neglected, is this good for God? Is this good for my marriage? Is this good for my family? And we're about, I'm going to give you a few thoughts and we're done. Verse number 19, they said, go with us. Verse 20, the priest's heart was glad and he took the ephod and the terror. You know, it's amazing how fast someone can turn on you. And they turned and they departed and they put the little ones and the cattle in the carriage before them. And when they were a good way off from the house of Micah, the men that were in the house, houses nearer to Micah's house were gathered together and they overtook the children of Dan. And they cried unto the children of Dan and they turned their faces and said unto Micah, What aileth thee? What comes with such a company? Why are you going with these people? You've taken away my gods that I have made and, 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 and my priests. And what is this that you say to me? What aileth thee? Why are you... Micah says, what do you mean what's ailing me? What's my problem? You stole my priest. You stole my images. What do you mean? What's... It's amazing how that uh, loyalty with heathens is always betrayal. You be careful the people you hang around with. You be careful how quickly they'll throw you off. I have many times in 46 years I've pastored this church stood with someone with drink or with drugs or with prison or jail. And they said, you know, Pastor, all my friends, we were, we were all this together. And now I got arrested. And now this happened. And they're not to be found. You be careful with who you hang, whom you hang around with. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Let's try to wrap it up. You've been so patient with me. When Micah saw, verse 26, they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. They took the things which Micah had made and the priest which they had come and made in Lashish. And they smote them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. They called the name of the city Dan. I want to read verse 30 and 31 and say briefly some thoughts and then we're all on our way. The children of Dan set up the graven image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests of the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity in the land. And here it is. And they set them up in Micah's graven image which he had made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. That's the statement right there. Micah, remember Micah stole from his mother? You know where the house of God in relationship to his house was? Where he could have been worshiping God and hearing the choir sing and the orchestra sang a play. And he could have been hearing the law 
and he could have had the priest and fulfilling their task and the Levites working. You know where it was? Shiloh, from where he was living, was just literally over the hill. Just over the hill. But he said, I don't want to go to that place, that church. I want to make my own. It's about 6 o'clock this last Monday morning, and I was getting a cup of coffee, and I was coming to the office. A real tall, handsome man, big fella. He was so polite. And I passed him a gospel track. I was waiting for my cup of coffee. He was waiting for his. I said, I want to invite you to church. He goes, oh, no. Oh, no. He might be listening right now. He said, oh, no. This is the church. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, me. I'm my own church. I don't believe in church. No, and he began to quote me things, and I said, <laughs> he's trying to tell me he didn't need church, and we had a discussion there. You know, it's amazing, just right over the expressway, over the hill, is a place called North Valley Baptist Church. Amen. He needs this place today, Amen. but he's going to need this place someday. You know what you're looking for is just right over the hill. One place I'm looking for, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. And soon I'm going to go. Oh, what a day that will be. When all my labors and trials are o'er, and I'm safe on that heavenly shore, just to be near the dear Lord I adore, will through the ages be glory for me. Oh, that will be glory for me. Glory for me, glory, when by his grace I shall look on his face. That will be glory. Will be glory for me. I hadn't thought of this song in not only years, but decades. Maybe 50 years. And I was singing the other day, and I don't know if I have the words, but I was singing about a month ago, just one day nearer home. As shadows of the night descend, just one day less to roam, as evening twilight colors blend. Beneath that starry home, I'll rest beside my God and King. We had sung that at camp in 1965 and 66. I hadn't sung it since. With each day passing, nightly passing, one day near, I'm one day nearer home. Soon I get to go. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. I know I've made so many poor decisions. I grieve about me. But I look back at the decisions where I honestly tried to fulfill this verse. And I failed so much, but I've honestly tried to be a good husband and father, and grandfather. And we've tried our best to stay through thick and thin for 46 years. Life's been so good to me. I hope I get to live longer. But I hope every decision, if I get to live, are good decisions. Not moody decisions, not and 
cantankerous, not worldly decisions, not selfish decisions. We close tonight. Observation, Micah. Take ownership of your decisions. Observation. Recognize your decision has rejected God. Micah, recognize your life destroyed others because there was a slaughter here. All because of your foolishness. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.